2 Samuel chapter 5, and we're going to start reading at verse 17. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many is going to help me preach, teach, teach for just a moment here? Hallelujah. Be like Brother Norlock. I'm going to pick on him for a moment. I'm going to ask for about four and a half more minutes. And then when that gets along, I'm going to ask you for about another four and a half more minutes. Hallelujah. But the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5. And we're going to start reading at verse 17. Hallelujah. If you have it, say amen. amen. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel... All the Philistines come up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hold. Can you say, went down to the hold? And say, well, I wonder what that is. I wonder where he went when he heard that the Philistines. And so the Bible said when the Philistines heard that they anointed David king over Israel... He went down to the hold. And the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephirim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Kind of gives us an idea where he went to, ain't it? He went to pray, Brother Samuel. See, his hold. Don't know if that's what he called at his place of prayer, Brother Ryan, but the Bible said that he went to the hold. And what was what was that? And the Bible said in verse 19, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Question mark. Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up. For I will doubtless deliver them, deliver the Philistines into thy hand. And David come to Baal Prism, and David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of the place Baal Prism. You may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. David went up before the Lord. We can read and begin to read in the book of Genesis. As plumb back in the book of the beginnings where you find that uh, the first time that the Philistines uh, are named in the word of the Lord. And they are named all through and much of the Old Testament. The Philistines were a very aggressive people. They were a warring people. They were a people that was constantly at odds with the children of God. They were the superpower, if you will, of that day and of that age. For many, many years, they drove out the Egyptian forces. And for a century and a half, they were the most powerful people in the world. They crushed all who opposed them, conquering them all and forcing them under their authority and power. They began to war against, between the Israelites and the, and the 
uh, Egyptians goes all the way back to the beginning and all the way through the book of Judges and, uh, and even so on and so forth and even farther. And victories were won from time to time. But even the greatest victories of those victories only resulted in a slight, slight reprieve from the enemy. It wasn't very long that here the Philistines would come again and they would uh, come against the children of God and come against the children of Israel and they would war and they would battle and here they'd go and they would, well, no doubt Israel would win and they would push them back and for a little time it gave them a little breath of fresh air, if you will, but it wasn't very long that here come them Philistines again. Here they come warring against them. And I want to say right here at that, this point in time that you have an ancient enemy of your soul. He's warring against you and your family. He's warring against your kids. He's, he's warring against your grandkids. He's, he's warring against your mom and dad. He's warring against grandpa and grandma and say, well, man, I got grandma here tonight. She's uh, mid-80s. I, I, she's been in church most uh, of her life and had the Holy Ghost for most of her life, but she's probably got it all made. But I'm here to tell you today that in the, uh, my grandma in her mid-80s, the devil is not satisfied with her and her relationship by the Coderick with God. And she can pray tonight and she can get victory tonight and she can win the battle tonight in the spirit realm. But I promise you in the morning when she wakes up and them feet hit the floor and probably even before then, maybe when she walks out them doors, the enemy, that ancient enemy of your soul is not satisfied. They'll give you a little reprieve for a moment. They'll give you a little fresh air, a little breath. Catch your breath just for a moment. Brother Dylan, and here they come back. They're, they're not satisfied till they conquer you. And he's been warring against us for a very long time. He's been warring against our soul for a very long time. And how do we win? We have to make our way back to the house of God and to the church and the people of God. It was the constant assault of the Philistines that began to put their influence on, over and on the children of Israel, in so much that the children of Israel begin to cry out for a king like everybody else had. It wasn't the will of God. And I was talking with the preacher uh, the other day and he thought that he, his life was panned out and this was the way it was going to be and I'm going to uh, take this church over and man, I'm going to pastor this church and, and man, this is what they want, Brother Samson, and everything's going good. Everything's looking great. And all of a sudden, boom, Things change and things turn and he's on the phone and he's questioning me and he's 
talking to me. Brother Samson, what, man, this is just what I thought. This is, I put my heart and I put my finances into this. And, and just to be given just a few days to, to be gone, to leave. What do I do? Man, what, and, and this is, uh, uh, man, I, I thought God would have told me. I thought, you know, and we begin to question and this come to my mind. And I, uh, and I told him, I said, Elder, you know, it wasn't the will of God. For Saul to become king over the children of Israel. That ain't what God wanted. God wanted the the ministry, the priest to lead the people. To hear from God and to talk to God. But because of the constant pressure of the Philistines... They begin to cry out, Brother Mallory, we want to be like every other nation. We, we want a king to rule over us and, and tell us like every other nation has. We, we want a king to be over us. We don't want the preacher anymore. We, we don't want, let the preacher tell the king, then the king can, because it was the pressure of the enemy that began to make them cry out for things that God did not want. And God gave them things that wasn't in the will of God. Can I tell you today, if you're not careful, the pressure of the enemy will come in against your family, come again, come in against your kids and your grandkids, and the constant pressure will make you do things and make you accept things in your life and in your family that's not in the will of God, that's not right, but the constant pressure, the constant push, the constant, oh man, just pushing against it. And pretty soon you get wore down from the constant pressure of the enemy that's coming against your, your family and your kids. So what are you talking about? I come to tell you today that I've seen it so many times. Elder Matt, I know you've seen it. Being in pastoral ship, uh, when, when the kid gets old enough, they begin to put enough pressure on the mom and dad and, and they begin. And that's one thing that I have not done and will not do in my family and, and my kids. I, I don't want to put uh, so much pressure on the preacher that, that man, hey, I, I, hey, but, but what we got to realize is if we're not careful, we'll let the peer pressure of the world come in and begin to push us. And man, pretty soon we're like, well, uh, and I talked about it the other night. And man, I, I'm kind of run a message uh, in itself. But, you know, if we're not careful, we'll let the, the lukewarm get us. We'll let the, the cold water get turned on because it's the pressure of the age. It's the pressure of the day. And if we're not careful, we get tired of the Philistines coming in and war and then, and then, then they go back and here they come again and they war and then they go back and then pretty soon it's pressure and if you're not careful you see uh, the kids begin to change and turn the parents uh, against the things that dad or grandpa or somebody's always stood for and always stood against but it's so much pressure that they're tired of, of the pressure of the kids and the pressure of the grandkids and the pressure of the family and they start caving in I, I ran all day with one today uh, elder that couldn't take the pressure that couldn't take uh, just a constant struggle the constant pressure that was being applied and begin to cave my God uh, we need to stand up and realize, say, okay, God, uh, I know the pressure of the age. I know the enemy uh, is coming in and, and he's coming in he's gonna come in. Uh, but God, let me realize where my help comes from. Uh, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
And so Saul reigned. And uh, when Saul fell, the tribes, there was 12 tribes of Israel. And these tribes was divided. And the Bible said that when it became time for king, when Saul had died and a new king was to be crowned king, that Judah realized they accepted that Saul had been pushed aside and they realized it and they remembered that David had been anointed king. Now Judah was just one tribe of Israel. One of 12. And so they come to David and they said, hey, we're going to make you king. Now the other tribes of Israel, they wasn't hip on it at this time. They was, oh, he's not going to be our king. And so Judah made him king. And the Bible tells us that David began to reign with the single tribe of Judah. And the Philistines, they knew this. I hope I don't bore you tonight. I just feel like telling you, talking to you from my soul, my heart today. But the Philistines, they knew this. But as long as the tribes of Israel was divided, Brother Ryan... As long as it was just one of the tribes that had him king and the other 11 was okay. They, they, was, they, they would tolerate that. They, they would live with that. They, uh, man, as long as he's just king over Judah and not over the whole tribe of Israel, we're going to be okay. Well, can I tell you today, your enemy, he'll tolerate lukewarmness. He'll tolerate you just coming to church but not getting involved. Woo. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He'll tolerate just a certain amount of spirituality in your life, elder. He'll tolerate you maybe coming to church uh, and maybe getting a little involved in worship, but he don't want you getting all the way. He, he, he wants that lukewarmness there, Brother Sam. He, he likes that cold water and that hot water being turned on together. But as long as it's all hot, then he has a problem with it. Then, then we have a problem. It didn't bother him that he come to church and he went to Sunday school or he sung in the choir. He, he worshiped, he danced. He was one of the main dancers. He, or maybe even played an instrument. He, he was okay with it. He, he'll let you deceive yourself that you're saved. He'll let you deceive yourself that man, God is God of everything, not just one little part of my life. But it's when you get out of these four walls and you get away from the preacher and you get away from the house of God and, and you get away from uh, everybody that's looking at you and, and expecting something else. It's when you're all by yourself. It's when you're alone uh, with nobody else around, young people, and, and nobody's watching and nobody's, uh, nobody can run and tell mom and daddy on you. It's, it's what you're looking at on your cell phone when you're by yourself. It's, it's what you're listening to or, or are you watching something on your cell phone that God's okay with you if you come in and you dance but you walk back out of them doors and you get your cell phone back out or you get in them, uh, them chat rooms you're not supposed to be in or, or you get on them sites that you're not supposed to be on or, or you maybe uh, uh, you run with some people you're not supposed to be running with and doing 
He's okay with that as long as he's a, he'll allow you to shout a little bit and he'll allow you, to pray, allow you to pray a little bit as long as he's not God over your whole life, as long as there's a little lukewarm. But I come to tell you today that you need to make God everything. He don't need to be a king over just one tribe in your life. He don't need to be king over just one little portion in your life. But he's got to be king over everything in your life. He's got to be the ultimate, the main sacrifice. He's got to be the only reason that I live. But oh, what a reason. They was fine. They were the Israelites. They didn't have to go to war with him as long as he's just a, a king over one little problem. He's, they're fine with it. Uh, um, Elder, you talked about it the other night. Man, you want to know where your allegiance lies. You know want to know where your commitment lies. Uh, you, you start messing with their money. You start messing uh, with their tithes and their offerings. And I'm, I, I'm not here to, to get on that elder done a good job. But he'll, he'll be, man... Uh, I'll give him the offering, but I won't give him, I, I, I can't afford to give him a tithe, but I'll give him the offering. I'll give a little bit, or vice versa. I'll give him a tithe, but I'm, I'm not. Well, but he said, hey, you've robbed me in Malachi. You've robbed me in tithe and an offering. And then we want to reason, want to know why the reason we're not blessed and why God is is not blessing us and and when we're looking around and, and so and so's buying a new car and so and so's building a new house and and so and so's got a raise on their job or so and so got the job of their dreams and man we're like man what's going on oh I go to church ah I, I worship okay let's see but let's keep on when them old elders would come to the church or come to your house and they'd pray over the sick uh, uh, they'd start questioning how have you been paying your tithes and your offerings uh, have you been faithful to man they had a little questionnaire uh, brother Mitchell they'd start asking and going down uh, and uh, man if you can meet all the qualifications uh, man I've been doing this I've been doing that I ain't been getting involved in this I ain't been getting involved in that uh, well there ain't no reason why God won't heal you then we're, we're going to pray the prayer of faith and, and God's going should raise you up there shouldn't be something between you and God uh, well I come to tell you today he's got to be God over everything he came say well me and mama we do it me and mama we live it me and mama we walk toe the line but what about your kids and, and they're living in your house and they're living under your roof and, and what are you getting what are they getting by with well uh, uh, no 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 he's got to be God over everything or he ain't God over nothing you're either hot or you're cold you're either hot or you're cold you're either in the church or you're out of the church you're either saved or you're not saved you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. Say, well, what are you talking about, preacher? Uh, you're getting a little plain. You're getting a little blunt and a little rough. I come to tell you today uh, that there is a hell that you need to stay away from. If you die and you're not right, uh, you're going to go to hell. We're not careful, Elder. We've sugarcoated hell so much. Well, I don't want you to preach on, on hell. I don't want you to, to get on hell. We got visitors in the house if you're not careful. And man, we want to preach. And I, I believe we need to use wisdom at the house of God. 
But can I tell you something? You go study your Bibles. That Jesus preached on hell more than any prophet in the Bible. Jesus, and you go study it, preached on hell more than any writer, any apostle, any prophet combined. Put them all together. And Jesus preached on hell more times than they did all together combined. Countless times, and I can give you scripture after scripture, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. That was written and read in your Bible. And if we're not careful, we want to sugarcoat it. We want to dumb it down a little bit for this generation because we don't want to offend or, or we don't want to sound racist or something. But I come to tell you today, it's either saved or it's unsaved. You're either in the church or a part of the church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I come to tell you today, he's all right. He's fine with you. As long as you're not fully committed to the church, young men, he's fine with it. That devil, man, it'll look glamorous and it'll look glitter. It'll look great and you get off. But I'm gonna tell you something. You better guard yourself. You better guard your heart. You better guard what you're looking at and what you're watching, what you're partaking in. Say, well, I'm going to tell you something. Man, I'm just, I, I, I was wanting to teach, but I feel like preaching here just for a moment. I'm going to tell you something. Sin is still sin. Sin is still wrong. It still said, come out from amongst them and be ye separate. Say the Lord, touch not the unclean thing. Be ye holy, for I am holy. I'm going to tell you something. It might not be popular to be pure and to be a virgin when you're married, but I'm going to tell you, it's still the way. It's still what's going to get you to heaven. It's still what's going to get you out of here. Well, I talked to my friend. I don't care what your friends say. Your friends will send you to hell. Your friends will get you... Say, well, what are you talking about, preacher? You still got to toe the line. You still got to be holy. You still got to be pure. You still got to be righteous. God still got to be the main thing. And one old elder said, keeping the main thing is the main thing. He's not satisfied with being just a small part of God in your life. What do you act like when you walk out them doors? Say, well, preacher, I'm going to tell you something. Church, young men, young ladies, young married men, young married ladies, hear this preacher tonight. I'm going to tell you something. You need to guard what your children's watching. You need to guard what you're watching. Oh, 
I know it's on Facebook, it's on social media, it's everywhere, these little clips, and next thing you know, you're spinning up, and man, it's something so far uh, from what you even uh, uh, first just looked at, maybe some, whatever it might be, how to put a light socket together, or whatever it might be, and the next thing you know, uh, there's something so corrupt before your eyes, uh, there's something so, I'm going to tell you something, you better guard yourself, young men. Oh, Brother Samson, Brother Caleb, oh, they ain't going to be there all the time. But what is in your heart? It's God, God of everything. It's God, God of everybody, everything, Brother Dylan, in your life. Is he consume you? Is he what you think about? It's They were satisfied. They didn't mind as long as the house was divided. Rebellion, it can divide a house. The real battle, the real fight in your life, it's not the family problems. It's not the financial struggles. It's not the instability at work. Or the disasters that threaten you to overtake you, to overwhelm you. I'll tell you what the real disaster in life is. Are you going to let God be God in your life? Are you going to let him have control of everything? Oh, when them old spirits come in there and they begin to say, hey, you can do this, you can do that. You can, you know, one little, you got Satan on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder and saying, oh, don't do it. I'll go, yeah, go. I'll click. No, no, get away. No, no, no. Oh, no. Let me tell you something. God is God of everything in my life. God is God of everything in my life. So what are you talking about? The Philistines, if you'll study it out. The Philistines, Elder Samson, they, they attacked it at different angles. Here they come. Here they are. They attack, they attack. Why? Keeping them off balance. Keeping them. I'm going to tell you something, young people. The devil will attack you from different angles in your life. Things that maybe a friend that comes into your life and say, oh man, this is it. This is a, uh, you, you, you need to guard yourself. Why? Because he's trying to keep you off balance. He's trying to wreck you. He's trying to destroy you. There's one that he's come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. But there's also one that's coming around and he's like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. He's not happy that maybe uh, for a short time uh, he's got you and maybe Man, you, you looked apart but you're not and he knows it and so he's fine but I'm going to tell you something he's not satisfied until he takes you out them doors he takes you out into a world that rips you that takes you from what you look like today until you're unrecognizable until you look have the before and after picture before drugs and after drugs before sin after sin woo What are you talking about, Brother Caleb? I'm going to tell you something. Hell, it, it can't tolerate it. 
It can't put up with a church that's on fire. It can't put up with a church with a group of people that's putting the church first and the man of God first and the ways of God first and prayer and worship and outreach and supplication and learning the word of God. There's something about it when a church, when a people of God get together and they get in one mind and they get in one accord and the people of God get together. What are you talking about? There's something about when all the men get in the prayer room or when they get in here on a Sunday night and begin to pray and they begin to get in unity. And oh man, the praise goes up for the mountain. And man, everybody in that prayer room, they're together, they're one mind and we're touching, we're bombarding heaven and the spirit of God comes in there. There's something about it. Hell isn't afraid of a church that knows how to harmonize but don't know how to agonize. That don't know how to pray. What are you talking about? Judah, I ain't got time to get in all that, but Judah means praise. He was okay with him being reigning in the praise and worship area because he knows Man, you can jump, shout, and look the part and dance and walk right out them doors and commit sin. That's why he said he chose the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. I come to tell you today, oh, we can sing and that's great. We can worship and that's great and that's what we love to do and we're known to do. We're a worshiping church. We're a shouting church and we're not, that's not going to be taken away from and we're a praying church. We need the prayer. It's going to be, part of that's going to be what saves us is our prayer. But I come to tell you today, above anything else, you need to preach word of God. You need the man of God in your life to stand behind this pulpit without fear and without favor and preach the word he didn't say Timothy sing Timothy shout Timothy harmonize no he said Timothy preach the word be instant in season out of season rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine My, it's been a burden of mine oh, around the house of God. And as the year goes and the things go, I'm going to be preaching on the doctrine. I'm going to be preaching on the doctrine of the one God apostolic tongue-talking church. I want it to be embedded in our kids. I want it to be embedded in our young people. I want it to be embedded in our older people. Say, what do you mean, Brother Caleb? Oh, we can pray and that's great, but we gotta have the doctrine, elder. It's the doctrine. It's this one God, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Brother Madeline Peter didn't look at them on the day of Pentecost and stand up and say, oh, sing, oh, Israel, sing. Worship, oh, Israel, worship. If you're gonna be, oh, be, be, make yourself committed. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what he did. He stood up and he preached the doctrine. He preached this doctrine. You gotta repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins 
and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as time goes, we're going to be dealing with some of the lines upon lines and precepts upon precepts. Why? Because I'm going to embed it in this church. I want to embed it. It's been embedded in me. It's been preached to me. I'm going to preach it to my kids. I'm going to preach it to your kids. I'm going to preach it to my wife. I'm going to preach it to your wife. I'm going to preach it to your husband. I'm going to preach it to grandma and grandpa. Why? I want this word of God in our heart. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all of Israel, all the Philistines come up to David to seek David. First of all, there was a united group and united effort to come together of the armies into one place. It was coming together against this Jerusalem, against these people of God against the stronghold. Oh, and man, they've come together when they realized that they had got in one mind and they got in one accord and got together. Can I tell you something, church? That's why he tries to cause division. That's why he tries to sow seeds of division within the church and get this one mad at that one and that one mad. Oh, man, you'd maybe take something wrong. But I come to tell you today, if a church of God can get together and get in unity and begin to pray and fast and worship and pray and pray and pray and pray he hates it he hates it I'm going to tell you something. Well, the devil ain't been bothering me here lately. I come to tell you today, you probably need to check your life. You probably need to see where you're living. Because if he ain't bothering you, he might just have you. He just might have a hold on you. But you need to clear yourself. Cleanse yourself. Shake off the filth of the flesh. All the carnality of this world. And say, okay, God, you are going to be God over everything. What are you talking about? Your enemy's going to fight you until that last trumpet sounds. He's going to be fighting you. He's still going to be there. And the Bible said, and I got to hurry, I'm almost done. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephium. The valley of Rephium. The word Rephium means giant. They pitched their tents in the valley of the giants. They was trying to scare scare Tactic Elder. There was giants in the land of the Philistines. And this valley here means the land of the giants. But the problem that they had was back in David's past, back when he was just a lad, just a small lad, that there was also a valley. 
And there was also a giant. And when he come down to take the morsel of bread to his brothers and see how the war was, there was a giant by the name of Goliath standing in the valley and saying, send me a man, send me a man. And there was something that turned over in the side of David. And he began to inquire. And he began to question. And he began to seek the Lord. And there we all know the story from even Sunday school, no doubt, that God delivered him and he slew the giant. Well, here it is. Well, when he's king, and here they come again, and they come together in the valley of the giants. I'm gonna tell you something today. Like Brother Norlock said, you can't kick that rabbit out there, he's gonna make a circle, but he's gonna come right back to where he's comfortable. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need it. The problem was they didn't intimidate David. David didn't been there before. David know what to do. And David knew what to do. And the Bible said, and when he heard it, he went down into the hole. I'll tell you what worked before, Elder, is when I got down on my knees, I began to cry out to God. God, I remember when you delivered the bear into my hands. I remember when you delivered the lion into my hands. Oh, God, I know this uncircumcised Philistine ain't no different. Ain't no different from some beast of the field. And I know you're going to deliver him now. And he stood out and went and conquered. Years later, here they come again. You know what? Say, well, preacher. I've had battles. You need to go back and remember how you won them battles. You need to go back and remember what got you out of the valley of giants. What got you the victory in your family. What got deliverance for you and your wife. What got deliverance for your babies and your kids and your... And when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'm gonna tell you something. You go down into the hold and you get back down on your knees and you say, oh God, if you did it once, I know you'll do it again. What are you talking about? I come to tell you today, when the enemy's all around you and it looks like it's impossible, turn to God, turn to him, find a place to pray. What are you talking about, David? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'll tell you what. I gotta find a place to pray as they come to the music. I've inquired of the Lord. God, should I go up? Should I fight the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? Oh, David, yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. You've been faithful in times past. You... Don't expect God to heal to set free and to deliver when you ain't been right, when you ain't been going to the stronghold, when you don't remember where God delivered you out of. What are you talking about? The Bible said that he went down into the stronghold. He got a hold of the mind of God. He got back up on his feet. 
he went back out there and he looked them men of Israel in the eye and he said, hey, God is going to deliver. God is going to win this battle for us. Why? Because I've been on my knees. I remembered where my help come from and my help come from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So what are you talking about, preacher? Don't come into the house of God expecting a miracle when you've been sinning and your heart's full of sin, your heart's full of idolatry, your heart's full of the cares of this world and the corruption and the paganism of this world. Don't come into the house of God expecting a miracle when you ain't prayed, when you ain't sought God, when you ain't cried out to God, you ain't been faithful to God in prayer and supplication. Oh, don't come in expecting, but I'll tell you what you do you can fall down on your knees and repent and start from right there but I'll tell you what's better than that is when you remember how to pray and you learn how to pray and it And Brother Matherly, you can say like you said tonight over at the viewing, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to begin to pray. I'm going to get in that prayer room. Oh, and there was that connection when you left. I said, get it high, get it ready. When I'm coming, I'll come to tell you today. That's how you win your battles. That's how you get deliverance. Say, well, preacher. What are you talking about? The stronghold, Elder. When they realized that he was king over all of Israel, here they come. Men, ladies, why don't you make up your mind to live for God? What's so hard about living for God? Say, well, I don't really... They used to ask the old elder Roy Riley, he said, I believe it was him, correct me if I'm wrong. He said, you know the difference, you know how to do right? Yeah. You know how to do wrong? Yeah. Well, then just do right. Just live right. You know what sin is? Yeah. Stay away from sin. You know how to pray? Yeah. Pray. You know how to worship? Worship. You know how to be faithful? Be faithful. Be committed. Go to the stronghold. What are you talking about, preacher? You're, you're, you're setting a standard that nobody can live by. No, 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 no. I'm also preaching about a man that, that murdered, committed adultery, had a, had a man killed, took his wife... His kids was a wreck. His kids was killing kids. His kids was trying to kill their dad. Home wreck. Read about the life of David. Was not a perfect man whatsoever. But I'll tell you what David didn't never forget. Brother Plappert in all of his life. He didn't forget where the stronghold was. He didn't forget where the hold was. He didn't forget where to go pray. He didn't... Some of y'all forgot where the altar is. 
Some of y'all forgot where the prayer room is. Some of y'all forgot what time church starts. It don't start at 7.30. It starts at 7 o'clock. I'm not rebuking. I'm not condemning. I'm, I'm just preaching my heart here today. Uh, church starts at 7 o'clock. And I know there's instances. There's times. I get it. I understand. I'm talking about in a life of normal, uh, normalcy. Uh, uh, 7 o'clock. 5.30 prayer. Uh, when does church start? You should never say 6 o'clock. Uh, it should always say 5.30 prayer. 6 o'clock church. Uh, uh, 7 o'clock prayer. Uh, 7.30 church. Uh, 9.30 prayer. Uh, and 10 o'clock church. Why? Uh, that's when prayer, that's when church really starts. Uh, is when prayer time starts. Uh, when the... Elder, there's something about it when God's people get together. There's something about it when God's people get in unity. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. When that 120 brother didn't got together in one mind and one accord, the Bible said that there suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. When God's people got together, things happened. You want to see your lost loved one saved? Be committed. You want to see your family saved? Find your stronghold. You want to see blessings in your life? Find a stronghold. Get a part of the church. Be invested in the church. Be invested in the house of God. Don't, don't make your way in and Man, oh, I don't feel a part. I don't want to be, I just don't fit in there. I can't, I'm going to tell you something. We've got people that moved in here, brother and sister Plapper, brother and sister Matherly. Man, they moved in here. Brother and sister Samuel moved in here. Man, you go in the kitchen, went in there, they cleaning the kitchen the other night after the, oh, the little baby shower. And Brother Plappert and them, they, they working in school and, 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 and uh, uh, Bible class. And uh, man, you got Brother Natherly preaching the word and praying. Uh, man, hitting every uh, uh, center backslider that's in the house of, and working. Oh, man, man, just got in and made themselves apart uh, and made themselves a part of the Osho Apostolic Lighthouse I'm going to tell you something you have no excuse there is no excuse for you and your family that you can't find a place at the house of God and say okay God this is where I need to be I'm committed this is my stronghold you go read it and I'm done I, I I spent longer than I was going to spend. But I'm going to tell you something. You go read it. When they brought the, the Ark of the Covenant to the house of Obed-Edom, you go, you can bring it here. You set it here. And the Bible said that they, the house of Obed-Edom began to be blessed when the Ark of the Covenant. You want your house to be blessed. You want, whoo, you bring the power of God into your house. And you go study it out. Up to four and five generations, Brother Aaron, there was an Oban Edom descendant still in the house of God, still around God, and still around the church and, and praying. Four and five generations later, why? Because one man, one man said, You know what? This is my chief joy, this is my chief priority, it's the house of God. I'm 
mama, daddy, I'm going to tell you something. You want to set an example? Run away from the house of the God in the time of trouble and see what your babies do. They're going to run with you. When trouble hits them, you know what they're going to do? Elder, they're going to run just like mom and dad run away from the church. But I'm going to tell you something. If you run to the altar in the time of trouble, little Johnny and little Susie's going to run. Why? Because that's where daddy run. That's where mama run. What's and you know, I wish, Brother Jimbo, that I could shake. There's people here tonight. I preach my guts out. And I can see the look in their eye. The desire, the love is gone. Brother Jimbo, and I like to shake them. I like to say, hey, wake up. Wake up. What we sung about tonight, this thing's wrapping up. Brother, Brother Norlock just wasn't saying something to get a check when he said we're in the birth pains of this rapture. We're in the birth pains of this thing being raptured out of here. Why? On God's green earth, would you pick now to fool around on the church? Fool around on God. Fool around. You don't think for a moment that God won't send you to hell. If you don't think for a moment God won't get your attention. I'm going to tell you something about God. God's merciful. But God is a God of judgment. God is a God. He'll preach hell, fire, and brimstone, and the weeping, and gnashing of teeth. God will say it. God will get your attention. Brother Caleb, I'm I'm reaching for a soul right now. I'm reaching for a soul right now. I'm reaching. I need some prayer warriors to pray with me. I'm going to need some. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's somebody in here tonight. And I can lay my hand on you right now. I know who you are. God's revealed it. But I'm not going to embarrass. That's not me. you got to make up your own mind. But I'm going to tell you something, Elder. When you said, I'm not going to preach. I don't want to preach. God wants willing workers and willing preachers. But at the end of that hospital room, with that little girl of his that meant everything, all of their bones broken from her waist down, and that little girl screaming at the top of her lungs in that hospital room, there was an old man standing in the corner with all pride and carnality from what I've been told with his hands in the air saying, I'll preach God. I'll preach if you want me to preach. If it's Jordan, I'll dip in Jordan. I'll preach without fear. I'll preach without favor. And that's what he's done. They come to me and tell me, your dad was this, your dad was that, your dad. I'm going to say, I, I, I stop him. Brother Powell said, hey, you're telling me about a man, Brother Mitchell, that I never knew. Brother Chan, I didn't know that. that. That's not, you're telling me about a guy that I don't even know about. I, I couldn't tell you about that. I don't know, I don't remember. But I'll tell you what I do remember. I remember about a man and a woman in the time of adversity in their life when they lost everything and they come out going down that old hall room to a little 30 by 40 garage 
garage to preach to 11 to 15 people and not even know if that many was going to show up. And they're saying, oh, I can't do it. I can't go. And God says, you look behind you. And here come me and my sister walking down the hall. And he's saying, if you don't go, they won't go. I come to tell you tonight, mama, I come to tell you tonight, daddy, if you don't do it, then babies ain't going to do it. When's the last time they heard you pray? When's the last time they heard you lift up your voice? When's the last time your wife or your husband said you read your Bible and ask God and get the family and say, we're going to pray. We're going to. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about he's okay with you just being king over Judah. He's just okay of you coming to church but never praying with your family, never praying with your kids, never showing your kids how to worship, never showing your kids how to pray and fast and trust God and believe in God. You've never showed your kids that the house of God has to be first in priority in their life. My burden's lifted. I'm going to open these altars tonight. I didn't mean to be this long, but I'll reach for a soul tonight. And I feel like you know who I'm reaching for in your spirit. In your spirit, God's telling you, He's preaching to me. I got to do better. I got to go down into the stronghold and find a place to pray. He's got to have dominion over everything in my life. I got to show Johnny how to pray. I got to show Susie how to pray. I got to show him how to pray. There's going to be an altar in my life. It's all right, preacher. That's okay, preacher. That's all right, preacher. I got it figured out. I got it together. I come to tell you tonight. Yeah, so did Aiken. Aiken thought he had it figured out until he's standing there with all of his kids. And everybody in the house of Israel has rocks and they're stoning them and they're throwing rocks and bashing their head in and bashing their brains in. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You go better read the Bible again. You better go read the book again. All because daddy, daddy wouldn't make God everything. Oh, God wasn't everything in the family. And the kids suffer. You can teach them how to pray today or you can teach them how to scream in hell tomorrow because that's where you're going to lead them. Preacher, you're rough. Preacher, you're hard. You're callous. I come to get a hold of somebody's attention and the longer I preach tonight, the more of the burden of God has put on me oh, for somebody in this house tonight. You better get a hold of God tonight. You better go ahead and do a house cleaning tonight. You need to go to your house 
You need to go in there and get some things and throw it so far out your front door. Hoping to God you'll never see it again. I wouldn't try to give it away. I wouldn't try to sell it. I'd throw it away. That cell phone is going to take you to hell. Get rid of it. If Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are going to send you to hell, get rid of it. Them Snapchat rooms, and you shouldn't even be in it because they will send you to hell. Get rid of it. Hear this old preacher. It's just an old country boy preacher. I'm preaching my soul, my burden to you tonight. Where are the travailers at? Where are the ones that know how to pray and travail and lift up their voice? And when them old elder sisters begin to lift up their voice, oh, the, the, the hair stood up on the back of your neck because you knew they was in communicating with God. Oh, they were travailing. It's hard for us to even lift up our voice above the person praying beside us. You need to lift up your voice. You need to let the God of heaven know, God, you're everything. God, you rule supreme. You rule over me, God. I'll do it. I'll go along with it as long as it don't go against my flesh. But the moment I don't agree with it, the moment it goes against my flesh, the moment he pre- I don't agree with that, I come to tell you today, it ain't worth missing hell over. You better shake yourself tonight. You better wake yourself up tonight. I don't care what you agree with. What does God agree with? What's this watchman? I feel like Elder Dunn tonight. Watchman, watchman, what of the night? I'll tell you what it is. I see trouble down the road for you is what I see. I see trouble. I see the enemy. And they're gathered together in the valley of Rephium against you and your family. What are you going to do tonight about it? I'm going to go down to the hold. I'm going to pray. I'm going to find the mind of God.